0: It is 2953 of the Third Age. Erebol has been reclaimed. Saron has fled from Mirkwood into Mordor to begin his pursuit for the One Dream. And the last meeting of the White Council has tasked Gildor and Glorian with assembling a fellowship to stop Umbarian pirates from assembling ancient artifacts from a Second Age prophecy. Join the players of this Adventures of Middle-Earth Dungeons and Dragons campaign. ...as they unravel the mysteries of the prophecy. Welcome to Arda in part one of the Inglorian Bastards
1: trilogy, Search for Tol Arisea. Alright, welcome to uh, episode 28 of the Inglorian Bastards uh, campaign. Uh, This is a search for Tol Arisea. And with us tonight is Marco, who played the character Faradir. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Good
1: to be here. Um, and uh, so so I have uh, kind of a set of normal questions that I've asked everybody so far. Um, Spriggs has been here. He talked a little bit about Burren. Um, Christian, my brother, has been here. He's talked about Angolin um we've had gosh who else has been here i think josh has been here and he's talked about Riken a little bit Mm um uh, your brother max i actually recorded his first and then we lost the recording so
0: that's uh, that's too bad
1: (laughs) so so we're gonna do his again um as we head into the shire eventually um not to give too much away but um and i have kind of a, a set set of questions that that we we've asked them and um so i'm gonna get started here if that's okay Yeah. Um, So we are playing, obviously, an Adventures in Middle-Earth campaign, um, which is set in Arda, or Middle-Earth. And so I guess um, probably the listeners would be interested, um, not just about your character, but um, you as a player, and what your experience was coming into this campaign with Tolkien.
0: Well, I I have to say, like, Lord of the Rings is probably my favorite fantasy setting. Um, I first... I first uh, watched Lord of the Rings, I think... Two thousand one. So I was actually really young when it came out, but I've, I've seen since then. I've seen the, the movies like over twenty times, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't I didn't read the books until much later, but um, uh, I actually like the books more than the movies. And I, I I got so into it that I read the Silmarillion as well. Yes, uh, I you, were, think you were. That was a big inspiration for you.
1: Yes, yes. So I mean, I, I love the Silmarillion. The listeners know that. Um, but you were one of the character, one of the players, rather that. That I could um, always count on sort of knowing the lore or, or you know, remembering like uh, that it was something related or you remembered something about the lore when I would mention it. So, yes, uh, you were one of the few players that had actually read all of the books, including the Silmarillion, or I shouldn't say all the books, but the sort of the, the main canon. All
0: right. Um, so, whereas the later campaigns might like feed off of this similarly, and that this this first part's really sort of an homage to Lord of the Rings itself, I would say the the journey through Middle Earth. Um, and I thought it was quite interesting that you were able to put this together without sort of stepping too much on the toes of the original story
1: yeah that took some weaving some weaving yeah. skills but that that's i mean we talked about this i i think with uh, josh the last time we we had an interview and just to to be able to to sort of you know that that's what makes historic fiction fun right and and and, and when you're working in the world of uh of tolkien that that's what it feels like you're writing historic fiction um so yeah so that was that was fun so, um, well, anything else you want to say about uh, your sort of uh, experience with Tolkien, or uh, should I ask you the next question?
0: Um, no, let's let, let's move on to the next part. I'm sure we'll come back to a few <laughs> things here. And
1: there, but... All right, great. So... So next question, uh, what did you experience with Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, so we are playing um, kind of a form of Dungeons & Dragons, though. You know, this was kind of a, at least the first part of the trilogy, um, Search for Total It was very low magic, obviously, for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, but just in, in, in general, what was your experience with Dungeons & Dragons?
0: Well, I think Dungeons & Dragons is really popular now. But um, when I first learned about it, it was still kind of a very niche, nerdy thing to do sure you can identify with that (laughs) I
1: don't know what you're talking Uh,
0: about (laughs) (laughs) but uh I was always kind of a really shy kid, um, and actually, I never, I didn't really play Dungeons and Dragons until much later. But I did have a set of the rule books that <laughs> I would, that I would read quite frequently. Um, it it kind of goes back to Lord of the Rings, honestly. It was just that love of, of fantasy, and you know, I would, I enjoyed making the characters more than than anything, and it probably goes back to that early time when I was. <laughs> literally just using the rule
1: books by myself I didn't know that about um, you yeah <laughs> yeah but I but I I will say that I've played with you now for since 2014 in various campaigns uh, some that I've DM some that I haven't um, but I know that I can always count on you um, as somebody who who 's not like a rule nazi right like you 're not you 're not one of those um, those people that aren 't fun to play with uh, who says that 's not how it goes you know but 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 I can always sort of rely on you to um, sort of help other players and and to sort of let me know um, you know that th- rules as written look like this, but you 're actually very um, very good about just being flexible when uh, when we stray, yeah. um, and um, it re- it's it's really helpful. As most probably most people that are listening to this are have DM'd in some capacity, and it's it's actually really helpful to have somebody else in the campaign. That while the DM is like looking up something or planning for the next scene or, or trying to answer other questions somebody's there in the group to to do some of this sort of almost like a secondary dm so that's been okay. very helpful
0: yeah it's it's almost overwhelming from the dm's perspective to to have to handle you know planning the story controlling all the enemies and you know you know knowing all the rules at every any given time so
1: right and we and we both know that that's not my forte <laughs> um okay well anything so else
0: is your forte hey that's man this is all about
1: so. yeah exactly so well, anything else you want to say about D&D before we get into uh, really, you know, uh, talking about Faradir?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I when you first told me about this cam- campaign, I jumped at it because, you know, it's my two of my favorite things combined together, and really it's the, almost like the original essence of D&D comes from these stories and to be able to go back into that setting and feel those, like, adventures on a grand scale with, you know, those... those I mean, like, even the art, like, the... Um, the iconic story the the iconic characters you'll find in D and D they're all like based off of Lord of the Rings characters. Right, right. I think well that's sort of a, a lead in to, to Farader.
1: Yeah, so it's, so tell us a little bit about Faradir. As as the listeners know, Faradere is uh, well, um, I'll let you describe it, but I believe, uh, according to the adventures in Middle-earth, he was what was considered a Dunedain wanderer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, and so if if we were to sort of boil that down, um, what would, would he be considered, what, like a ranger of sorts?
0: Yeah. Um, he is a ranger. And I think the rangers described in Lord of the Rings are sort of the, they're the inspiring spark that 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 the class the dungeons and dragons class was based off of and it it really carries through when i was playing this character i never felt more like a ranger than or and you know ranger was always my favorite class to play in dungeons and dragons
1: well it's it's, and
0: aragorn was my favorite character in lord of the rings
1: well you're you know i so many times you know the adventures in middle earth are set up to do like embarkation roles and to like have known lands right for for the wanderers and um and it you know you're and the you,
0: corruption
1: points. Yeah, but but <laughs> but, but specifically, like Faradir was the go-to. Like he was the guy with his ear to the ground, uh, tracking the Urukai through the plains. Right? You know? Yeah. Um, he's the he's the one that the group looked to 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 track and to, to lead them through the wilderness yeah yeah so um okay so Faradir um you you had written um a, a a pretty comprehensive pretty amazing backstory and I don't know how much of it you remember since um <laughs> the, the last time you played him was probably almost a year ago but um yeah. he you you, you I, the way you built him was uh Faradir son of Califar and that whole son of business is really part and like it's really gets to your backstory Um, do you remember any of that that you'd like to share
0: yeah so you know he's tying him with the the Numenorean bloodline, he... I really wanted to play a character that has that deep, rich connection, not just in Middle Earth, but going all the way back to some of those earlier stories. Um, and that doesn't really come into play until much later, but um, in terms of, you know, characters that the listeners might be familiar with so far, so Feridir was um, the son of Kalafar, uh, and his bloodline was tasked with protecting the heirs of Isildur so that's Aragorn and Aragorn's you know lineage up through Isildur and back further
1: and there there is a sort of famous uh not too uh, like um probably two generations away from Aragorn um there was somebody who was called Aragorn right Mm -hmm. um and and then what, what do you remember what happened with your grandfather while he was protecting Aragorn's grandfather
0: um, I believe they were up in the troll country, and um, he fell protecting Eridor.
1: That's right, to the trolls, right? So, um, and this was uh, pretty early on, I would say, probably episode three or four for the listener. Um, they were up just uh, sort of north of the Etnmors into, mm-hmm. into Arid, what's now called Eridor's End, um, kind of southeast of Angmar. Mm. So yeah, so I I loved the backstory, I loved the backstory, and and that is that is actually going to be coming up. Um, you know this this campaign is is one big sort of adventure. You're either chasing somebody or you're being chased, right? That's yep. <laughs> I, which <laughs> that's right. which I was. I think that's you know also part and parcel to sort of um, the fellowship and, and movies and mm-hmm. um, and um, as as you continue on your journey, you will eventually bump into somebody where um, your backstory will sort of come into this again. I believe so. Um, well, let's talk about. Let's talk about um the um one of the things that you're carrying. Um it is yes. a bl- it is a black sword which um is na- is a named elven sword. Would you like to tell us about that?
0: Yes. Except I don't remember the name of the sword.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's a part of two swords um yes. Ang- right. Anguarel is the name of the sword. Yes. Uh, so
0: <laughs> The sword sort of, like, took on more and more, you know, meaning for the character as as we continued to play. It sort of... I don't know. It was it was almost like his part of his identity was that sword, and I, I that was that was a really big part of playing the character. Um, I don't know how much you want to give away about the history of swords <laughs> or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, tell tell us anything you know about um, you remember about the sword and the um, and the sister sword, uh, right? Well, and, well, and I'll fill in uh, whatever you don't remember. There was a
0: famous um, Elvin blacksmith. We created two swords from a, medi- a meteor that fell yeah and one of those swords was the the, the sword that um on his
1: name <laughs> well so so the black smith's sm- name Yeah, so many names. He, yeah, so he he was a dark elf named Ael. Yes, um, that's
0: right.
1: And his um, he had a sword and his he made another sword uh, for for the the king of Gondolin. Yeah, right. and um, when Gondolin fell, through 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 a series of uh, fortunate and unfortunate events, um, one sword was passed down to someone named Turin Turinbar, um, and that was Anglachel, the the other sword, um, which which uh, was reforged and eventually became Girthang, Um mm-hmm. and we know that to be the sword that killed uh, Glaurong, the dragon. Um, but the other sword is kind of lost to history, um, and and that sword sort of made its way in this campaign to Tollescarning. Remember the battle you fought on the island uh, the yes. island castle. And so from that point on, um, you were sort of seeking that sword out. I mean, yes, it was a part of what we referred to as Teradon's wager. It was one of the four points of Teradon's wager, that which has escaped the void. Um mm-hmm. and that and you know, you referenced this when you said it, it it was a meteor falling from the sky. And so I took I took that literally to mean uh fell from the void, right? Um, anything you want to say that I sort of skipped over or reminded you of?
0: Uh, no, other than that, the fact that you know you'll see these. You know, my original inspiration from Fairdare was you know Aragorn and and the the Dun and, Dine. and you see more and more. You'll begin to see more inspiration drawn from from Turin as well.
1: Oh, Yes, um, one of my one of my favorites and most tragic characters, right? Yeah. Um, So Turin Turinbar was obviously written about in the Silmarillion. He he lived in the first age, and um, now there there is another novel um, that was written, um, or I shouldn't say written, it was compiled by uh, Christopher Tolkien. um, And it was one of of three of the main sort of uh, micro-stories from the Silmarillion that Tolkien wanted to flush out. Um, The Fall of Gondolin, uh, The Children of Hurin, and... um, uh, Baron and Luthien, um, mm-hmm. and, and so yes, Turn Turnbar will come into this as one of his titles was the Mormagil, and the second part of this trilogy is called the Rise of the Mormagil. Uh, so yes, he will spoiler definitely. Spoiler alert! spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert, yeah. Um, great. So um, so you are you have pursued the Umbarian pirates. You have captured back the Alendiel Stone. You have gotten a hold of Anguarel the Black Sword, one of the Black Swords. Um, and now you are—you, your, your party has figured out that it's being hunted by um, uh, a kind of a whelp that a uh, pup, uh, a werewolf pup that is raised kind of like Karkaroth was in the first age, um, and uh, this this werewolf's name is called Tarmanoth. Um, which means, oh, I think, I remember. <laughs> yeah, it means black jaws. So, so this is kind of where you are. You've, you've just experienced Yule at Mountain Hall. Um, you know, you're being pursued. You have these objects that, um, the, the shadow, um, obviously is, is searching for. You have just met up with Balin at the Mirror Mirror and Byrne was able to sort of have a, um, a reunion with his father or, or um, whom he thinks is his father um and you're about to head into Lothlorien so I guess uh, my last two questions for you um the first one would be what was your favorite moment so far in this campaign and um the second question um would was would be you know something that the listeners could look forward to without giving too much away
0: well I think my favorite moment has to be Tessaro piss-ass drunk in the middle of the, the festivals and winning the drinking contest.
1: Coming from behind and winning. Yeah. He, he literally failed, I think, every fortitude test or whatever I called yeah, it.
0: Yeah, but he succeeded every single dexterity
1: test. Right, right. So I think I called it a sobriety test, right? So yeah. the way that the contest worked, if, uh, this was only probably a few episodes back, um, you know, you, essentially the if you were in the drinking contest, you had to make some sort of a, a dexterity save or skill check or something um, uh, but you also had to do like a fortitude right so every time you drank you had the um, you could fall deeper deeper into drunkenness right Well mm-hmm. Tessero fell deeper and deeper into drunkenness every time and yet somehow still managed to slam the glass down uh, without tipping it over um, so absolutely one of my favorite moments as well. <laughs>
0: I'm sure it's one of Max's favorites. So I hear a repeat coming up.
1: Well, so so it's interesting. You mentioned um, obviously Max is your brother, but Tessero, as a character was someone whom uh, Faraday recruited right for for this mission.
0: Yeah, you... he's almost like a little brother or a son to my character. He rescued him from the woods one time and taught him how to use a bow, uh, and they shared a lot of weed together. <laughs>
1: yeah whatever you call it right right all right well that that's great um and so that's that's the first question the second question would be something that the listeners could look forward to i
0: have two um one is uh look forward to tarmanoth yes that will be interesting
1: that is coming up soon
0: (laughs) that's a that's a soon look forward to that's going to be a, a interesting interaction and the second one is long-term. If you're willing to listen to this podcast for a long time, you will learn much more about Faradir's past, the past of his black sword, and, and sort of how it ties all together with some of these stories that we've all come to love.
1: And not, not to mention that in, in the not-too-distant future, um, you will find out even more about Fair Deer, um and something special that happens in his life. I don't know if you remember that, but... Um, be something for you to look forward to again too <laughs> <laughs> well is there yeah. anything else you want to leave us with Marco uh, enjoy,
0: enjoy the podcast and um, you know always always keep playing always keep loving fantasy
1: well great and thank you for joining us tonight and hopefully um, since you were you and Fair Deer were a part of all parts of the trilogy uh, maybe I, we could have you back um, during Rise of the Mormagil sounds great alright take it easy thanks Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.